On this week's episode of Bungalow and the Bus, we talk about how the Orlando Museum of Art may move to Lake Nona. There's a pop-up buddy cafe in the Milk District. And uh, we pig out at Booyah. Booyah. Welcome to Bungalore and the Bus. I am the Bus, John Busdecker. And this is Brendan O'Connor from Bungalore.com. And uh, we are hanging out this week at, I'm going to say this wrong. I always feel like I'm saying this wrong. Right. Booyah. You got it. Booyah. No, I think there's like a proper way to say it. Try to pretend like you are speaking Spanish. Booyah. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> that made it worse. That made it worse. We're at Booyah Gastro Bar in Winter Park right off of uh, 1792. Yeah, Spanish restaurant. Delicious. So far, delicious. Yes. Like, probably the best. I don't want to like make anyone sad, but this is probably one of the best ones that we've eaten we, at so far this very, year. very, very good. So um, we'll talk. We'll, we're actually going to talk to the chef mm. later in the show, so stay tuned for that. Mariano. That's right. Mariano. Chef Mariano. So, and I have to say, I'm tired of hot chefs. No, you're not. Hitting on me all the time. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not <laughs> tired of that at all. I'm not. Why are they all gorgeous? I don't know. Like, That's probably a prerequisite when you're a chef. you got to be gorgeous. These super hot chefs come out, and they're like making me nervous because I'm eating all their food in front of them like a big fat bastard. <laughs> That's why I do most of the interview, and you yeah. just sort of stare at them. <laughs> <I do. laughs> they're always like, oh, Brendan's so intense. It's like, no, I just am in love with you. <laughs> so here on Bungalow <laughs> on the Bus, we talk about... All things Orlando, uh, concentrated on downtown Orlando. Yeah, Orlando's downtown bungalow neighborhoods. Yeah, and, uh, places uh, like College Park and and uh, Thornton Park and I can't all talk. kinds of parks. The chef just brought us his phone number. No, he didn't. Hey. He's getting married, Brendan. <laughs> well, not married yet, though. N- some people have beards, John. <laughs> <laughs> he has a beard. We talk about, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we talk about all those neighborhoods. If, oh, the top uh, if you, headlines. If you've missed any of our episodes, you can go to Google Play or iTunes or even Bungalower.com and listen to old episodes. If you're into that. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, And if you miss any of these headlines, you can go read about them on Bungalower.com. Dot com. So, Brendan. Yes. I say this every week. Tell me, John. What's happening? We're going to start with the biggest story this week. The biggest story this yeah. week. We're just going to jump right into it, John. I hope that this better be huge. The Orlando Museum of Arts is considering a possible maybe <laughs> move to Lake Nona. Dun, dun, dun. And the world ended. Yes. So, so Orla- start off this Orlando, Orlando Business, Business Journal. Journal wrote about it. And when they first wrote about it, I want to say two days ago, uh, I didn't believe it. Did you read the whole story or just the first paragraph because you had to pay for it? No, the whole story. Oh, I pay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm a nice. subscriber. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, yeah. You got to good. Gotta support Good for other you. local news. Oh, I appreciate yeah. it. They're killing it, too, you know? Orlando Business Journal. But that being said, sometimes they exaggerate <laughs> a little bit. You know, a little bit. And uh, so I was a little concerned because I hadn't heard anything about that. And we're really big partners with Orlando Museum of Art and friends. So I was yeah, surprised. You were there on New Year's. I was at their request. <laughs> Not maybe not for me to be in drag. That just happened. <laughs> that wasn't in the the writing. Though. <laughs> that wasn't right. They were very. They didn't say you couldn't yeah, be in drag. No figulas. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's a report that they could possibly move out of where they are yes. now. So Orlando Business Journal found out. I from what it sounds like they heard from Tavistock 
And the reason they heard from Tavistock is because, I want to say two years ago, Tavistock was recruited to help them find possible sites to move into in downtown Orlando. Okay, and so we should mention known Tavistock is behind Lake, Lake Nona. Nona. And so we have known that they were looking for a place to move to for at least a couple of years. So it shouldn't be a surprise that they don't want to be in Lock Haven Park anymore, mostly because they're, uh, according to their long-range plans, their strategic plan, they're not capturing enough people, tourists. I can believe that. I mean, right? it's a, I mean, you know, the building's a little older. The building's parking older. there isn't great. Lock Haven is, they're, as far as they're concerned, too far off of I-4 and away from the tourist corridor to make it conducive for catching that. And they want, if you just catch a percentage of the tourists who come, I believe the number was like 350,000, 650,000 extra people coming to your museum. Well, to be 1%. fair, it's not that far from I four. It's like a mile from I four. It's also on Sunrail, right? Yeah, so, but in the but I get what they're saying. I get what they're saying. For looking for another space, is that it's too far away from the tourist corridor. It's too hard to get to. Transit's an issue. They didn't like being there. Okay. That being said, John, they're getting that building for free from the city. Yep. Uh, I guarantee that part of the search was to find. Another building they could rent for free from the city. And so when it came up, Tavistock told them, we're not finding any th- any spot for you with these restrictions that you're looking for. Uh, but we would love to have you in Lake Nona. Yeah. And, the, and the man behind it, Joe Lewis, who the handshake billionaire himself, oh, yeah. who has made that happen, along with other millions of other Lake Nona's around the world, including in Jamaica, uh, is a big proponent and of the arts and he really wants them to move there. So I guess he has offered them at least 30 to 40 million is what the really? business journal said. That's a lot of money. We heard that that's not true. The number is a little bit off. We're not sure if it's less than or over what was offered. Uh, Glenn Gentile at the museum will not uh, commit to that number, but uh, I cannot blame them. For considering that oh, and we, offer, we talked least. about this for a second, Brendan, before we started on how, you know, you think about your base of people and who who goes to art museums, who donates to art museums, who will help fund art museums. And I would I would bet there's probably I don't want to say there's more people in Lake Nona, but maybe the wealth is there than where it is, where it's at. Maybe I don't think it's an accident that its current space is on the edge of Winter Park. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, like, and if you look at Council 101, which is this uh, group of really volunteer fundraisers, is 101 women who are in, they raise the money for OMA. They're the ones that are behind the Council of Trees, which is the biggest fundraiser each year, annual fundraiser for the Orlando Museum of yes. Art. Yes. I believe it's a couple hundred thousand, at least a hundred thousand dollars that they raise. I mean, each there's year. probably people in Lake Nona, Winter Park as well, that could write a check for a million, though. Well, so that's what's that's what's happening. Plus, this guy, Joe plus, Lewis, who has a, a hefty museum-sized art collection himself and is looking for a place to exhibit his artworks. Yes. Right? Has offered tens of millions of plus dollars. Plus, if somebody says, hey, we have a bunch of land in Lake Nona, we will build a museum from the ground up to your specification. Now, I'm not saying that's what the conversation has been. Know. Right. But if that's what you're promising, I mean, it, it can be an alluring thing. Also, Brendan, if you think about growth, Correct. when you think about where where is populations going to start growing around Orlando? Now, granted, 
you know, there's there's a lot of great houses in downtown Orlando, where I live in College Park, where that is, where Lockhaven Park is. Lockhaven. But if you think of, like, new growth, I mean, it's just going to continue to grow out that way. So, I, once again, I'm not saying it should move. I could just see where that would be a, a decent possibility if you have the ability My to do what you want. My brother and sister live in Lake Nona. I hate going out there. Oh, yeah, but, but I'm sure they hate coming down here sometimes. And sometimes they do. And the reason they live out there is because my sister-in-law is a chef, a big chef, like regional chef at uh, Animal Kingdom. And it's easier for her to just hop on the interstate. Not the interstate. What's that? Not 417. The one that goes side to side. Anyway, 408? The Ariana Grande Highway, right? <laughs> Maybe it's over your head. I have no idea what you're talking about. The, the green side one? Side to side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't remember what it is. It goes it goes behind the airport. Uh, oh, the B-Line. The, B-Line. Uh, yeah, 528. Easier for her to go straight to Disney. I agree. On that it, it versus is. having to mess with the, everything else. Uh, and they, she and the, their sacrifice is they just don't get to do as much, culturally speaking. Uh, but that's changing. And they have some really big restaurants out there. They're getting yep. some really interesting retail. And so... This could be a really good fit. I would love if they just did a satellite museum out there. Have you ever heard of that, though? No. I mean, either. And the other thing, you talk about museums. Now, once again, I'm, I'm saying I, I, I live closer to the Orlando Museum of right. Art, so I, I, I love where it's at. But if you're thinking about the future and growth, where do you grow in Lock Haven Park? Do you, do you, you go can't. up? Yeah. Do you go to the side? They don't want them to, to build into that green space. Which so. there's no parking for them, no. especially for their special events, which is a constant complaint from people at Orlando Museum of Art and the Lock Haven Community Partners. Uh, there's just nowhere for them to, there is nowhere for them to grow except for up. They, and, and I don't know, I can see why they're looking for other spaces. I wish they could have gotten something like Creative Village. Or, like, build it into the side of that Orlando Magic Entertainment Complex. And it's complex. possible they still could. I mean, they're not they're not breaking ground tomorrow in Lake Nona. No. So who knows what will happen. And, it, you know, could you and, – and we also talked about this, Brendan. Is it just to maybe put the community on notice that this is a possibility? So, like, if you really wanted to stay in Lock Haven Park, like, come support I would our agree. museum. Yes, I would agree with that. But I just don't think they're strict. They're that strategic. Who knows? Conniving. I mean, that's that's not a way to do business. I will no. say that. And, and and it's isolating downtown members of the museum who are true. very upset about it. And if you go to our Facebook page, and you can hop into some of these comments that are happening, I'll read you some. This is from Judy Morgan Shaw. That is insane. Whoever's making that decision should be fired. The Orlando Museum of Art should be near downtown Orlando. MoMA is not in Brooklyn. The Louvre is not in a suburb. I bet this has to do with a politician being incentivized by a developer. That's all Orlando is. That got 48 likes. Oh, yeah. all right. So, like, I completely disagree with you. That's not all Orlando is. You're clearly just a very upset person. <laughs> you know. But that's all over an institution, an arts institution in town. I've never seen this many opinions about an arts institution ever. You know, so and I would be I want to know how many of these people are members. How many uh, of these people are going to the question. events? It's, I mean, huh? you're right. It's a good question. Yeah. So maybe I'll do a little survey later. And then the other side, Brent, let's say they do move to Lake Nona, which would probably be five, ten years from now, whatever it takes to do all that. We'll say five. If what yeah. happens to oh, what happens to its current building, city lease building. And I've been talking about this with Scotty. I really think. Manello would move in. I know they have a pitch in to expand their current home, 
But why expand it if you could just move over to a newly vacated space right. in Waukegan? So Coos? then if they move over there, what moves into Monello? I would hazard that really that part of the park of Lock Haven is really just used for weddings. Just make it into a wedding hall or an artist residence. All right. And Orlando Science Center, which owns that parking garage, uh, could take over that building and just make it into a wedding pavilion and staging area. Who knows? We Banquet will see hall. what happens. I, I That's most likely what's going to happen, regardless of if they move to Lake Nona or if they move downtown or into Winter Park. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows where they're going to move? Baldwin Park. Uh, so many options. Yes. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. I did get, I did reach out. It's Sorry, I, not to beat a dead horse, if anybody out there doesn't care about the museum. <laughs> uh, I did reach out to the city of Winter Park, or the city of Orlando for a quote about like, hey, are you going to use, are you going to be sending an incentive package or something to OMA to keep them here in response to this news? And no, no. From the sounds of it, they're just going to hope that uh, the OMA board makes the correct decision. Okay. And whatever that may be, which I think is so short-sighted. You know, you, you can only do so much for an institution. Yes, they give them a free building, but there has to be something else that they can give them. Just find them another building. Help them find, do a land swap. I don't, I don't I, care. I, mean, I wonder, like, once again, I go back and we can wrap this up here in a second. You think about growth. I mean, do you stay where you're at and stay in the same building? Or if you want to expand... That, I mean, that's a big fundraiser. That's a big thing. But, you know, that's the future. I mean, all museums, not all, but a lot of museums, they, they like to grow. They like to expand. And I'm sure Orlando Museum of Art is, is the same way. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. I have another story that people are upset about, John. Okay. Man, <laughs> you're, you're getting all the ones they're upset about. I, I probably have like four stories this week where people were up Let's in arms. Let's talk about them. The the city so Lime Bike Share. Oh yeah. Dockless bike share system. You take the bike, you find you use an app, you <laughs> find a weird dockless bike that's just an orphaned orphaned in a hallway somewhere, you know, and you can hop on and ride it and you don't have to bring it back anywhere. Nope. You just park it wherever. Park it wherever you want. Which is driving especially baby boomers crazy <laughs> because they were raised to put their to- put their toys away. Yes. Right? So be <laughs> It's just you can see them seething in their car when they're at a parking at a stoplight. You look off to the right, There's and just they the see these cars there. just sitting there, you know. And they're like, "Man, if, if I had left my bike in the yard, I'd be strapped." <laughs> 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 my dad would have killed me. So, like, that's ingrained in them, right? Uh, the city. I spoke with Billy Hathaway, the director of the transportation department for City of Orlando. He told me, I guess a couple of days ago, that they're going to start painting these boxes in the right of way. I saw that. As suggestions, right? Yeah. And I, of I, where you should idea. return the bike to when you're finished. I want to say this is Orlando is not the Keep first talking, city. I'm going to take a picture of the stick. Orlando is not the very first city in the country to have dockless bikes, dockless scooters. And so, like, I'm sure other cities have had to deal with this. And so, we are like, so northern, the way we say scooters. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> but I'm sure there's other cities that have had to deal with this. So, like, what do they do? They hate it. They don't. No, I they think we're actually, I haven't seen many people painting the boxes as suggestions. So, that's really interesting, right? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. When Juice Bike Share started, they made Juice Bike Share, a local bike company, uh, pay for the infrastructure, like the racks. Yeah. 
to put in. They had to apply for permits. They had to get the permissions for the right-of-way. You couldn't just put them willy-nilly. But now... Which, if I was juice bike now, I wouldn't be happy. I, they're not. I wouldn't be. They are pissed, If I had to John. go through all this, like... Uh, um, Rigamaroo. Yeah. And now another one just comes in and puts it wherever they want. No, no, don't get me wrong. I like the idea of, of having bikes forever, but like if and I love as that a it's competition local. thing, it's no, really not fair. It's not fair. They were put, but they were the first one. And so the city learned a lot in their dealings with Juice Bike Share that they didn't like. They, they saw a lot of things they didn't like, John. And so they're pushing it to this new uh, program, opening it up. They have a lot of other bike share systems trying to break into the Orlando market. But they just decided, let's test this new thing, this bike, uh, dockless bike share system with Lime and see what happens. And and according to Billy, they haven't had that much problems. And the numbers are huge. Are they? They had 25,000 rides in two months. So this is only been going for two months. Uh, that is the amount of rides that Juice had in all of 2018. Wow. In two months. Wow. And these bikes, I want to say... Easy to access. I've seen them all over. I'll be honest. I haven't been on one yet. I have a bike, okay. so I ride all over. But like, it's I more see expensive. Them, but I see them everywhere. Yeah, I just went all day. One day, I had to go. I didn't have the car, and so I had to go all over town. But there's an electric assist. Yes. So it, it's not killing you when you're going all day. And I'm a fat bastard, so I need a little help. You know. <laughs> Plus, I was just getting over a chest cold, not, so I needed that extra fat. push. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, we're gonna have to re- delete all this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just easier. The whole checkout process is an app where you scan a QR code and it's done. Yeah. And it just unlocks itself. And no you go. codes. No. No. no codes. You just like do and it on your phone. Bikes are you're like breaking your finger trying to punch in those numbers. You sometimes. can't always see it because the sun has beat the down sun on has them. Destroyed the electric. Yeah. Plus, and then again, that electric assist is so cool. You really cruise with minimal effort. You just go, which is a problem if you don't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> Because you're seeing that. I'm sure there's going to be more issues. So when will they put these? these? They've already started. Ah. Uh, we have another. We did. I did a huge interview with Billy. We're going to have a bunch more uh, biking information stuff to come in the coming weeks. Just really interesting. It's interesting to watch. Uh, people are upset that the city is paying for the painting. Lime isn't paying for that. Right? That's not that much. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they got some paint around the city. I mean, I get it, the workers and all that, but... But they made Juice Bikes sure do everything else, right? Yeah, so, no, that and that's what I was getting at earlier. Like, but they're using the data from the GPS and the line bikes to see where people are biking, and seeing if there's any conflicts where where they need to be focusing on on putting more bike infrastructure. And because there's just way more riders with Lime, the data is way more valuable. Ah. Uh, just really interesting to see what they're doing with it. Mm. Uh, they're also using they're going to start GPS. Uh, limiting where like geo-targeting where you can leave and ride the bike so they won't let you go into lake eola and they won't let you go or park your bike in weird places on hospital campuses what will happen will they lock up i, or something? I think it just doesn't yeah i think it locks up they didn't tell me what happened they just said it's like <laughs> limiting i just imagine this like uh spring on the seat just shoots <laughs> you off of it <laughs> there's like a, like a little android button. comes out and collects it and brings it somewhere else <laughs> They didn't tell me what happens, but they said they're geo 
mapping it so and there'll be a limit on where you can can pick up and where you can leave the bikes all right what else yeah. you got brendan um we don't have much time there's a kitty there's a school in college park called kitty place yeah i used to live near there you did yeah so it sounds closed. already kind of creepy yeah, <laughs> yeah, like kitty it. place and it's it's been closed i think since last summer last august this was in like a neighborhood yeah like like if you were to design a neighborhood now you would never put this there because it wouldn't be zoned properly that whole neighborhood doesn't have this section of college park closer to i4 there's no curbs. I believe it. No sidewalk. Yeah, I believe right? it. It's just like a free for all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they the school has been empty since August. They're gonna tear it down to build six new like really modern homes. Really, like super duper modern. And I can just hear the emails I'll be getting. <laughs> uh, people just don't like modern, and there's a lot of these older suburbs. These r- I'm actually, inner rings I'm, I'm of a suburbs. little bit a part of that too. I mean, I, it's happening I, right on your street. I'll right say, now. you know, there's some cool houses. If if you make cool houses, that's fine. There's a lot of times in College Park, some of these older neighborhoods where you know you buy this old bungalow house that sure. kind of whether nice or not, they buy them up and then they knock them down, and then they put these monstrosities up, and that happens all the time. You can do that the right way. Like there's one near where I live where it's a really cool new house. But it's new, but it fits in with the rest of the neighborhood, right. like the angles on the roof. But then you get these other ones that are just hideous, and they're just big. That's all they are. They're not pretty houses. They're just big houses. I don't know if it's like building codes demand you to make them like that. I'm not seeing people making old school bungalows anymore, it's right? It's it's money. It's money. You can make more money off a larger house on the, on the same lot. But like if you're doing a new build for yourself, it would be, would be cheaper I don't think it's that much more, though. Really? Like, I, I don't think it's that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a builder, so somebody can text us Look or tweet someone, us or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But if you're a builder and you have a Sext lot. Text me. Yeah, if you have a lot and you say, well, I can build a 2-2 two, two on it or 2-3 or I can build a 4-2 or whatever. Pick your numbers. I think the more bedrooms, the more. Would uh, you build your own house? Would I? I mean, if I had the money, yeah, I yeah. would. But, but what I'm getting at is I don't think it costs that much more to add another bathroom while you're building it. Gross. But then, when you can sell it later, it's probably worth more money. So, you, oh, I'm sure, right? In yeah. your resale value of like, yeah. can I add a new, you know, there's yeah. Three so if you're already there. in, you know, two hundred thousand, it's probably not that much more to add another bedroom and a in a bathroom. It's a different life for me, man. Yeah, and then you can sell it for more. Yeah. I'll be I'll be getting a little <laughs> duplex or something. <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's take a break. Yeah, so I'm gonna eat some more food. We got some steak. Staring me in the face. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a meat in your face. Meat in my face. Thanks, Chef. Welcome back to Bungalore and the Bus. I am the bus, John Busdecker. And I am the caramel sticking to your tooth, Brendan <laughs> O'Connor. And uh, yeah, we are hanging out at Booyah t- tonight. Booyah. Doesn't oh. that sound like what nerds say when they roll like a critical hit in Dungeons and Dragons? That's Booyah. what I say. That's what I say. <laughs> but yeah, we're here. We're here. And uh, we're eating a lot. And uh, if you've never been, it's in Winter Park on Mills or 1792 or Orlando, whatever they call it here in Winter Park. Across from Trainer Jones. Across from Hillstone. Hillstone. It's a, it's a Spanish restaurant. They got tapas. They got paella. Paella. And uh, we and got the chef. The chef. Let's talk about it. 
Ah, Chef Mariano, thank you so much for having us here at Booyah. Of course, uh, thank you for being here. We've had a few things to eat, but why don't you tell us first kind of some of the things that we got here in front of us. Okay, so you have the our signature dish, the huevos Booyah, which is the potato chips that we're making. That house. was very good. So, so it's like potato chips, yes. ham, and eggs. Eggs, ham, truffle oil, and a potato foam uh, to just glue all the those potato chips. Potato foam. It was amazing. As soon as it came out, you could smell the truffle oil. It was just like this full smell. It was delicious. Yeah. Very decadent. Of, you, when you bring it out, you sort of do something at the table. Yeah. The server will come here and, and mix it up for you. Cut everything up. The, the salmon. and uh, Sorry. The serrano ham. Everything. And put it together. Ready. Serrano ham. Yeah. <laughs> what were those? There were things like on baguettes. It was like little two-bite wonders. You were talking about how you love if you have to eat something really quick. Yeah. What were those called? The montaditos. The costilla. So basically, it's a little toast, slices of baguette that have braised brisket, uh, two kinds of peppers, uh, guindilla, which is pickle, and this uh, shishito pepper fried, or padron, like they call it in Spain, in our house-made uh, tomato marmalade. I really like those. Two bites. Yeah, they're like two bites. Unless you got a big mouth like me, it's one bite. But it's, you know, it, it was almost like, and, and don't take this like I'm saying a bad thing. It's almost like barbecue on top of a, yeah. a baguette, but it's much more fancier yeah, than in, that. In Spain, they make, like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 different. It's kind of like a bruschetta for the Italian. They put anything on top of bread and then they eat it. Yeah, no, they're they are very, yeah. those were very, very good. They're also like these, uh, like sausage. Little sausage, chistorra. Yeah. That's one of the seasonal dishes that we have for winter, and we just started a couple of days ago, our winter menu. Every season we have different dishes, five to six. And uh, this is the chistorra. It's a classic uh, Spanish sausage, a lot of paprika. We cook it in cider. And uh, for five, six minutes, and then uh, we serve it with bread. That's it. It's very simple, very classic. Let, I'd love to hear more about the concept behind Buya. Maybe a lot of people who haven't been acquainted with it. It's a Spanish restaurant. And then can you talk a little bit more about the inspiration behind it? All right, it's Spanish food. It's Spanish from Spain. Food, very classic, very typical. We try to do everything like they do over there. And the name Buya uh, literally means chatter. Or noise, ah, you know, it's like like it's a noise, but it's a fun noise. When people are having fun, when they're laughing, when they're talking about something, and what you hear in the back when you're at a bar, that's the that's in Spanish. I guess I say I say booyah. Am I saying that right? You, I, I, th <laughs> I think when they decided to put the name, it also has that little ring that you can say booyah. Ah. Right? but uh, booyah means that, and that's <laughs> kind of like the concept we have here. It's a vibrant bar, great happy hour, four to seven, and great drinks. The first time I came here before I worked here, I came for the drinks. And, I, and, and I it's happy hour seven days a week, four to seven. Yes. 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 And, and, and I would say, you know, any good Spanish restaurant is sort of judged on, on one main thing, and that's paella. Paella. That's one of our things. We do the paella here to order. So when you order a paella, your server will let you know it's going to take between 25 to 30 minutes. And every Tuesday, uh, we have paella night, which uh, besides our regular seafood and our chicken paella, we introduce different ones. We have a lamb paella, a, a black paella that has a squid ink and octopus on top and fried like calamari. We have one called fidua, which is instead of rice, we use a short like vermicelli uh, noodles. And we put pork belly and clams in that one. That's a little adventurous. Really so, good. so correct me if I'm wrong, chef. There, isn't there like a word or a term for like the crust on yes. the bottom of a paella? Yes. What's it called? In Spanish, it's socarrat. Oh, I'm not going to uh, the, that. Really <laughs> try it. Socarrat. socarrat. <laughs> and they're really great chefs. They proud themselves of ma making the best. And uh, yeah, basically, it's that... that you know, crunchy yes. stuff at the bottom of your rice that we all Latin people love. 
Uh, our bias always have it at the bottom and, and it's, on the side. it's like a special thing. Like you, you train to get it perfect. It's not yes, like it yes. burned down there. There's a no, special you, you way train, to do it. It has to be a, a special type of pan to do it like that. There's some chefs that only cook it to get that for their for their. Uh, I think there's something like that in like Jewish cooking and there's like a butter or something that you put in and you have to flip it and then it, and the whole thing is it's basically just really crunchy rice. Yeah. I love uh, that that's like and I love that that's a Mediterranean. So, so chef, I got a question. How did you end up here in, in Orlando in Central in Florida? Orlando. Well, I came uh, from Argentina in 2006. So oh, it's going to be in October. It's going to be 13 years. Wow. I uh, came to Orlando uh, as an intern and I just love the and you were an intern at, not just an intern, you were an intern at Primo over by Disney. Yeah, at the JW Marriott. Yeah, I worked at Primo for uh, nine years. I worked with Chef Kathleen Blake, my mentor, and, uh, you know, under uh, Melissa Kelly, which is the owner of Primo. I came here, loved it, and just stayed in Orlando. It's been almost 13 years. And, and then, so after that, you worked with Kathleen Blake at Rusty Spoon. So those are two restaurants that are focusing on, like, seasonal ingredients, fresh is that something that you also brought here to Buya? It's something that definitely we talk about it all the time here. Uh, the experience that I had at Primo and Rusty Spoon both times with Kathleen, because she was my first chef at Primo, is that it's fresh, farm to table, and it's real. When you're behind the scenes, you realize it's real, real farm to table. Everything gets used, nothing gets wasted, and uh, if the ingredient is great, you barely touch it. You just put it together to go to the table. And it's something that we're trying to incorporate in new dishes when, you know, less waste, let's use everything out of the animal, and it's... Uh so, Chef Mariano, we're almost out of time. I know you have a brunch special as well. Do you, can you give everybody a really quick rundown of what why brunch here is so special? Well, brunch is great because of the sangrias. Instead of we have the mimosas, we also we have the sangria, the, the limitless sangrias. We have three different sangrias, and then we serve some of the classic uh, dishes like the huevos bulla or the montaditos. But we add some other stuff. We have a, a, a montadito just like that, the toast with smoked salmon and truffle honey. Uh, we have uh, our own pork hash, we call it. It's Iberico pork cooked all night. We leave it overnight on Fridays to take it out on Saturdays. And we put, <laughs> we put potatoes and a poached egg on top, uh, egg benedict, anything that you can find in a brunch with a little Spanish twist. That sounds amazing. It. Chefs, thank you so much for having us here tonight. Thank you for talking with us. We're going to keep eating, though. We're going to keep eating. That's okay. Thank you so much. It was fun. <laughs> thank you. All right. All right. That was awesome. I think I'm drooling a little bit. <laughs> Is it the food or the chef? I both, maybe. <laughs> I might have a cavity too. That was that. What was that French toast brioche thing we just had? We just had some dessert as well. Yes, uh, I don't know, but it was delicious. I'm like having a moment. I'm having some coffee. I've already had too many drinks. I might have some of your coffee. You can have. You can have some of my coffee. Yeah, I can. Hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, Story wise, John, did you hear about the Peacock House in Audubon Park? I saw that it was for sale. It is. So this is, it's owned by, what's his name? Michael Housel. And he, 70 some years old. I think he's been there for most of his life. Uh, I'm Bumby. And this is the epicenter for all the peacocks at Audubon Park. I've had so many people tell me that I should do a story on this man over the years. I just, I never got around to it. Same. And I was actually hoping to get you to do a video interview <laughs> with him one day. Uh, and then I found out how much people hate these peacocks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The people that live around there are not fans. Yeah, they, don't, they are not fans. And so these peacocks, at sometimes there's like 30 to like 40. Because there's a lake behind their house. Lake Druid. This man has let his house go a little bit feral in the sense that it's like a food forest in the back. Papayas. 
very overgrown. Wood ducks are in there. I think he said he's helped raise like three to four hundred different duck families in his yard. Uh, he's built roosts for the neighborhood peacocks. And while they're not really his pets, he's definitely adopted them onto his land. Which is a huge thing because they're like barking at oh, yeah. two well, in they, the morning, they, they, four they, in the morning. Yeah, peacocks are loud and annoying. They tear up. We had a woman. The first time I heard about this was maybe a year and a half ago. A woman wrote me because her convertible top had been torn to shreds. From a peacock? Like, yes. Wow, it sounds like a Geico commercial. Twice, John. Whoa. Twice. <laughs> or a progressive or all state, one of them. And she didn't know. And she had heard rumors that they were pets. And she wanted to find this guy. You can hold him liable. Like, if these are your pets, he's just going to sick all of his peacocks on her. <laughs> and that's kind of what's happening. So when people found out that his house was for sale, they were excited, right? Because finally they can get through a night without some peacock barking at them during the m- middle of the day uh, or ripping up their convertible. But Johnny's not taking the peacocks with him. No, well, no, well, no. I mean, I, you can't put a peacock in a U-Haul. <laughs> you could, but I don't <laughs> think it'd be happy. And so they, he's going to leave them behind and just let them disperse back out into the neighborhood. I'm where sure eventually, if somebody's not like taking care of them or feeding them, uh, eventually they'll go on their way, right? I don't know. I don't know what happens because they're an exotic species. They're not from here. I thought they were. They're not. No, they're not local. They well, were brought here, and but there's then a just lot like of peacocks around. Yeah, because they do well, like. The herpes-ridden monkeys we talked about last week <laughs> over in spring. Uh, I just spring monkeys. You don't have to say herpes. Herpes. We need to know. <laughs> People need to don't kiss them at a party. Don't let them use the same cup as you. <laughs> <laughs> don't even talk to those monkeys. Uh, they. I think there needs to be a program. The city looks after swans. They do. Right? We have a swan program, not just for the ones at Lake Eola, but they also kind of check up on the ones in other lakes. I did not know that. I thought the Lake Eola ones were the only ones that cared that's for That's the main focus. Yeah. But they you know, they go back and forth, and, and I think they also keep an eye on the other ones, too, because they're, they're known. The feral swans that will eventually make their way to Lake Eola sometimes, uh, they check on, up on them. I don't I, think I would live at Lake Eola if I was a swan. I'd pick another lake. Yeah, that's not covered in dye <laughs> and to like keep algae from a growing. million people around there so gross <laughs> but you get fed so true yeah, if you're a fat bastard swan true that's where you go <laughs> like us if you had a podcast and you want people to throw food at you then you go to like right, fair enough never mind i take <laughs> back what i said we understand you swan actually i do want to talk about something that i'm going to take back on the radio but we'll okay. talk about the swan or the the peacock oh i love when you take things back um i just think there needs to be a program for the peacocks and i don't think it's that random to maybe ask the parks or someone to be to just move it over to lake lake druid park the other side of the lake from this dude's backyard is a massive park yeah just put in some roosts there have like a feeding program and call it a day they're a little bit more removed from the residents so there's kind of like a sound buffer I think that makes sense. How much is this house selling for? Do you know? $395,000. It's a 912 square foot house. Whoa. Yeah. That's kind of a lot. I mean, I, I, I get... It's a teardown. Yeah, that's a teardown. But it is on a lake, so there's that. It's Yeah. I don't know. There's not much of a backyard. Yeah. So... We'll see. You'll have to build like are a the peacocks included in that three hundred? They are peacocks and wood ducks and the papaya trees. No, it's a teardown. Possible. I don't. I don't see him getting three hundred ninety-five thousand. Maybe three fifty. Oh, okay. 
Well, we'll see. Yeah. So no. this is what I'm going to take back, Brendan. This, right, if, back. if you are a longtime listener of our show, uh-huh, uh-huh. you will know that we talked about this many, 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 many months ago. And, and we're sticking in the auto pond. That you auto- don't like burritos? No, 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 no. That, that's a well-known fact. And I, I, it's not that I don't <laughs> like them. It's that I like tacos better. So uh, we're going to stick in the Autobahn Park neighborhood. Okay. Uh, trying to think of what it do, could be. Do you remember when they did the whole street analysis of Corinne? Yeah. So I think at the time I had said something along the lines of, you know, I, I do think it should be two lanes or they should make it smaller, road diet. Okay. I don't know if I'm in agreement on that. Did anymore. you get stuck in traffic? It, I have been stuck like three times in traffic yeah. every Tuesday when I because I go play hockey over in Autobahn Park. Okay. At the elementary school, we play hockey there. Oh, okay. And there's lights there. We play in the parking lot. It's great. It is such a pain to get from Mills to Autobahn Park on Corinne. Yeah, don't such take Corinne. There's no, but there's no other way to go. Yeah, there is. There's not. Yeah, there is. You know where it turns the curve to get to Late Lou Gardens? Yeah. Don't turn that curve. You go straight. Just go straight. But but even getting to there is a pain. Yeah. Like all of it's a pain. Montana. It's all a pain. Okay. <laughs> You're such an old man. Yeah. Uh, yes. It would be hard to go down to two lanes. I I don't know how they're going to do it on Robinson. Yeah. I I cannot imagine. I, I, I'm today. taking back what I said. I think maybe it should continue to be a four-lane street. The more we keep building these residential towers downtown, especially like on Virginia, those new, the yard. Oh, that's going to be big. Lake House. Like, there's a lot of new people moving in there. Orange Avenue at 5 o'clock, go, trying to get through. Oh, it's Ivanhoe always Village. been a pain since I've lived here. I cannot. And there's no light there at, like, the Greek corner. What are those people going to do when they're trying to leave? Oh, I don't know. Right? You yeah. can't. Unless they connected that street underneath the I-4 into College Park. But College Park doesn't want more roads connecting to their neighborhoods. No. no. We don't We don't want any of your traffic in our neighborhood. No. You can't drive through here. I already cut through New Hampshire and <laughs> all those ones. And they love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I take back what I said. So you Speaking say, of the yard. Wait. So you say keep it as is? Possibly. Whoa. I don't know what else. I mean... I, I mean, don't know. I'm they sure gotta put every... islands in. They gotta do something. All right, I can give you an island, but I don't. I don't think you can cut that down to two lanes. I don't either, because there's just too many people that live in Baldwin there's Park. There's a hybrid plan that was proposed that I thought was pretty good. Or yeah. just let me get to hockey on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> All right. What were you gonna say? This uh, food hall that they're supposed to o- open up at uh, the yard. Yeah, which isn't confirmed. Oh so, no! First of all, like you can't. They're talking to them. This was in They're several in places, talks. right? Yeah. And I and I, I the reason it, I didn't write about it is because it hasn't been confirmed. This was a Tampa company that says they want to come in and yeah. put this food hall in where this. But new, they haven't signed the anything. Yard. No. Nothing's been signed. So this is a kind of like the Oma moving thing. Except the Oma Could thing. Could happen, but it might not. Yeah. Okay. And food halls are hot right now. So but hot ultimately right now. it's just a fancy food court. Can we just call that food courts? I mean, that's what most food halls are. Right. <laughs> Unless you're in a very large city like San Francisco or Toronto where they have, like, warehouses with... Yeah, what's the difference? Is it just independent vendors? Probably, yeah. Right? Okay. You're right. It's it's just, like, it, it's a nicer name for a uh, food court. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll see if that one opens up. All right. I don't, I don't really have... I have nothing to add to that conversation just okay. because... Uh, the yard is such like a weird gray area 
right? There's been a lot of things that uh, Chance Gordy, the owner, has been talking up since the beginning, since he signed everybody up, these property owners around there, to buy into his vision. One of them being the venue moving in and, and running a theater. I don't think that's going to happen now. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that the reason that he convinced them to move over is because there's a second phase of the yard project where he demos all those buildings that are across from the hideaway. And so there's going to be another whole building there. Really? And then across the street, all around the hideaway, is called the yard at Crossman. And that's all going to get torn down uh, for another the yard, like a huge project. And huh. we've written about it before. I just don't know how many times I have to write about something before some of these people take notice. Uh, but that whole corridor is going to be like a canyon of just big, big buildings. And it's a two-lane two lane road. Yeah, that's a small road. And they've they've done some changes to it recently, but it's still two lanes. Two lanes. You can't change Virginia because they're built up right to the edge of the road. Yeah. There's barely any sidewalk. I, I, I don't know if they'll ever do this, but in Charlottesville, Virginia, they just closed the road. Like, there's a, mm. there's a street that was like a downtown street. I think it's like a promenade, they call it now. And they just said, you know what? We're not going to make this street no more. We're just going to block it off. And now you can walk everywhere. You there's not many east. And we talked about this before on the show. Uh, John, there's not many east-west connectors. True. Connecting roads. Like, if you look at it, what is there? There's Robinson. Uh, there's not a ton. You're right. right. Big ones. Corinne, Virginia. You could close Virginia, couldn't you? I don't think so. And just make it like a How pedestrian walkway. There? There's oh, two you lakes take there. Princeton, or you go Baltimore, or any of those roads. No, you need it, and that's why it's so busy. That's what if you made it one way? Now, uh, going towards Mills, could do that. You could make it two lanes and just make that a one way. I can hear there. people yelling at us though. Oh yeah, like, no, totally. Yeah, we don't have much time, right? No. How are we doing? We should um, talk about our, our event that we're going to have. Talk about it, John. So uh, on February 14th, that's Valentine's Day. Yes. For anybody that doesn't have a calendar. Isn't it romantic? We are going to do an event. Brendan and I, our two organizations, Orlando mm-hmm. 60 and Bungalow. Bungalow. We are going to do a heart forward dinner uh-huh, uh-huh. at Orlando Meats. Called We Heart Meats. Calling We Heart Meats. Uh Chef Elliot over there is going to create at least four courses. Who knows how many he's going to cook up. Each with some sort of heart yes. involved. Whether it's a pig heart, a uh, beef heart, chicken heart. Artichoke heart. Some kind of heart. Has to be a heart. Yeah, we're going to have a, a heart-forward meal. 100 bucks a ticket. Yep. And Couples. Uh, very limited seating. Very limited. Very exclusive. Yeah. Orlando Meats is a pretty small place. And so. And music provided by uh, GJ. I'll, I'll probably do some, some John spinning. Bessecker. Yeah. I'll probably have some records. And um, we'll have some other surprises yeah. as well. I don't know if I'm going to be there yet. You don't I'm think like, so? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can afford it. <laughs> and uh, the wine will be provided by Digress Wines. Yes. I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I've never heard of anybody doing a uh, a heart dinner. I haven't either. Yeah, so that's why we're doing it. Super selfie friendly, uh-huh. right? Uh, and it's great for dudes and gals. That's true. A little morbid. That's true. Well, they're a butcher shop yeah. and they know what they're doing. And it's gonna be delicious. It will be very delicious. I mean, no matter what the heart is, you're gonna want to eat it. Yeah, and we might have a human heart. Huh. <laughs> I think we should have like movies where hearts are involved. We can do that. Like, playing on the wall. I don't know what it would be. I have like, to think about Temple it. Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, That's good call. 
Yeah. Um, Ooh, oh, Michael no, Jackson no, no, just came on. We can't, sing. we can't sing. Can't pay. We're not going to pay Michael Jackson's estate. What else we got going on this weekend? We don't have much time. Uh, Dr. Phillips having a ticket lottery for Hamilton. Oh, yeah. $10 tickets. $10. Uh, Hamilton's going to be in Why town. They make him, wait, is Hamilton on the 10 Yeah, he is, isn't he? What? Who's on the $10 bill? I don't know. That's funny, though. Yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alexander Hamilton, January 22nd to February 10th. Hamilton will be at Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. Tickets, Tickets are a million dollars if, if you haven't already got one. Three to six hundred dollars. They're expensive. For right now. But if you enter this lottery two days prior. I'm doing it. To each day I'm you can it. enter. Every day. And you get a chance to win a $10 ticket. Uh, you find out the day before the show if you win. Find out. It's a little convoluted. It's hard to explain. But if you go to bungalore.com, you can see how but to win you'll it. You'll figure it out. Uh, I already got tickets. I know you did. And I didn't want to talk about That's it. That's okay. I feel a little weird. I'm just going to go wait outside and just yeah. see if somebody will give me a ticket. I'm sure it'll happen. Oh, I'm sure if you waited there long enough, somebody will be like, oh, my friend couldn't yeah. make it. I got an extra ticket. That's how I got a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Just hung out a little bit. Uh, keep an eye on the clock for me, and I'll just keep talking. There's a pop-up bunny cafe happening at The Nook Love on it. Robinson. You can hang out with Orlando Rabbit Care. It's a local nonprofit and adoptable bunnies. Had no idea that existed. I guess it's like a bunny rescue for people who are like, oh, I want a bunny for Easter. And then I'm like, uh, get rid of it. Maybe it, we can use it at the heart poops. dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I do like rabbits. Uh, that's happening March 30th in the Milk District. Find out more online at bungalore.com. Okay. Some stories we're working on. We're still trying to find out what's happening at Jeans Auto Service in Audubon Park. They moved out. And uh, someone potentially has bought that building Ooh. already. Really cool space. I want to check it out. Mead Garden Clubhouse just got a huge makeover. Cool. We'll check that out. And uh, look out for the weather this weekend. It's going to be crazy. We got to go, Brendan. That's it? No events? I don't think so. No, we got time. Okay. Yeah, we have a minute. All right. I can do it really quick. <laughs> go. Uh, Renegers all weekend. Park Ave Winners sidewalk sale happening uh, Saturday is the 73rd Camellia Show at the Mead Garden, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Bacon Race is at the Great American Bacon Race happening at Bill Frederick Park, 9 a.m. to noon. Bacon running, yes, exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, the Women's March is actually taking part with the MLK Parade, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Lake Yola Park. Dino Dash, Baldwin Park. People dress up in those inflatable <laughs> dinosaur costumes and running. Yeah. Make hundreds of dinosaurs. I've seen it all over Facebook. Monster Jam, 7 to 10.30 p.m. at Campy World Stadium. Sunday, 17th Annual Unity Heritage Festival at Hannibal Square. And the 13th Anniversary Show of Southern Fried Sunday at Will's Pub, $13, 3.39 p.m. Nice. Peace out. Also, we should say Otronicons this weekend. I don't care. <laughs> and thank you so much to Booyah Gastro Bar for hosting us. Everything was delicious. Look at our Instagram, at Orlando Bungalore, for photos of everything we just shoved in our faces. See you guys next week.